Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. This week, we continue our focus on the biggest issues affecting businesses and organizations globally. That's the spread of COVID-19. And along with bringing you the updates and critical events happening in countries all around the world, we are fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers that are on the ground practicing in these jurisdictions, helping their local clients move through these difficult times. Since the outbreak began, we've been getting updates from ELA colleagues in China, Italy, France, India, all across North America. But in today's program, we're gonna to shift to the African continent where the spread of the COVID-19 virus is at a different stage than other parts of the world. Joining us today on the program is Sonal Sejpal, partner at ALN Kenya in Nairobi. She'll shed some light on how business has been impacted in this country and what recent legislation and government directives have been put in place that are impacting the business and the economy. Sonal, welcome to the program. Hope you and your family are safe and well. Hi, Pete. Thanks for asking. Yes, we're doing okay. Good. So let's talk about COVID-19 in Kenya. How has it affected life and business in Kenya? Well, like in most countries around the world, life is just not the same as it used to be. So we're definitely not proceeding as usual. We're on about 296 cases as at about an hour or so ago and increasing gradually. I think our first case was on the 12th of March. So we're a few weeks behind Europe and, and North America. I was just going to talk about some of the measures that have been taken to try and help curb the spread of COVID here. And there's been quite a number over the last few weeks. So for example, the first or one of the first measures that took place was the suspension of international flights. So from the 25th of March, we've had no flights other than cargo. Very recently, so just a couple of weeks ago in April, we've had restrictions in movement. So people cannot move from outside Nairobi County, for example, or the coastal counties in Mombasa and Kalifi. So there's people restrictions. We haven't had a lockdown, but the president did impose a daily curfew from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. That applies to everybody other than essential workers. So from 7 p.m., obviously people aren't at work anymore, so they aren't commuting or the highways must be empty. Well, you know, a lot of offices, like professional offices like ours, started working remotely some weeks ago. But not everyone is in that boat. So there are obviously manufacturing organizations, there are retail operations, etc., that have to be open. And because we don't have a lockdown, shops and other places are open. But because of the curfew, what has been ruled is that people have to allow their workers to leave by 4 p.m. latest so that they can get home in time for the curfew. Now, what's going on with jobs down there? Are you seeing a lot of redundancies or job losses that are owed to the COVID virus? And, and how are employers handling some of those things? Well, obviously, it's had a, a massive impact on the economy. And so businesses are, are naturally looking at how they can save costs, how do they stay afloat, and essentially ride out 
however long this storm is going to take. I know as an office, when we started talking about the measures that we need to take with people working remotely, we were thinking, you know, by June, July, hopefully it would pass, you know, fast forwarding a few weeks. And I think like other businesses, we think the situation is going to last a bit longer. So naturally, employers are concerned based on the conversations we've had with clients. I know a lot of clients have enforced sort of leave arrangements. So requiring their workers to take accrued leave or annual leave in advance. And many have also announced salary reductions. So, for example, our national airline, Kenya Airways, announced that their employees would have to make do with pay cuts of between 25% and 50%. There's a local TV channel, K24. They announced a pay cut of between 20% and 50% to cushion the company. So pay cuts are definitely some things that have been already implemented by many businesses and certainly being talked of by others. So redundancy, I think, will be something that will be relevant to many employers the longer this crisis takes to essentially end. We haven't seen it amongst our clients, other than those who are already going to be doing restructurings. Those plans have accelerated because of COVID, but I I wouldn't say that those redundancies are happening because of COVID. In, In talking to a number of our clients, I think it's something that they are thinking about, but probably to be done further down the line. And right now they're talking about other measures like pay cuts, like unpaid leave and measures like those. Now, how does that happen in Kenya if you're going to make changes to an employee's terms? Does it require employee consent to do that or or how does that unfold? Yeah, so our law actually has an express provision requiring employers to consult with their employees before implementing any changes. What, however, has happened is that we've had a number of court cases where the judiciary has held that in addition to consultation as required under the statute, there must also be consent. And so we advise our clients that it's not enough to just consult, but they do also need to get consent in order to make sort of significant changes to the contract. So what kind of measures does an employer need to do for, let's say, those employees after consulting refuse to take the pay cuts or or go on unpaid leave? What can an employer do in those cases? I guess if an employee refuses to give consent, then you can't make a reduction to their salary and they can't be forced to go on leave. In those circumstances, I think the employer needs to explain that they really have no alternative because if the changes are not accepted, then it could mean essentially an insolvency situation for the employer. Having spoken to a number of companies in the last few weeks in a situation involving these kinds of conversations, I think most people have accepted the seriousness of the impact. And we haven't come across a situation where an employee has refused. I'm certainly not saying it, it hasn't happened, but 
I think if the employee were to continue to refuse, having been explained the situation, then I think the employer would have no option but to consider redundancy. Well, what kind of support measures is the government putting in place to help not not only just the employers, but employees and, and the society at large? I mean, how has the government embraced the situation and what are some of the measures they've taken? Well, Pete, you know, obviously in Kenya, we don't have the luxury of the kinds of support that governments in the Western world can provide for their businesses and for their private citizens. And so the measures that we've had to date from government are around tax benefits, such as reducing the tax rate for employees, reducing the tax rate for businesses, and making an amount of money available to vulnerable groups. There's also been a reduction in the rate of VAT in respect of certain services. And there's been a temporary suspension of of listing of loan defaulters on our credit reference bureau processes. In addition to those measures, the government has increased the allocation of funds for healthcare, and they have also undertaken pay cuts at the higher level of government. So, for example, the president and the deputy president and some of the ministers, etc., have taken pay cuts. Central Bank of Kenya has lowered the amount of reserve funds that banks need to hold thereby releasing more money to enable banks to lend. And in fact, one of the first measures that the government took was actually in conjunction with the governor of the central bank, actually sort of said to the public and and to businesses generally, go and see your bank and try and negotiate an extension of the repayment dates without interfering in those contracts. Essentially, putting some pressure on banks. They said that publicly. Oh yes, and in fact, uh, many of the CEOs of our our major banks were present in the meeting room where the announcement was made. That is certainly interesting, and and I imagine people are hopefully are taking advantage of that where they can. Absolutely, yeah. So let's talk about some of the legislation that the government might be recommending here as it goes to uh, employment. What are some of the proposed legislation reviews they have coming up? Uh, Well, that's interesting, Peter, because we initially had about two or three weeks ago, a Ministry of Labor statement, essentially suggesting a raft of measures that government was putting forward. And these were called practical measures. And the kind of kind of measures that were being spoken of in that statement were around the suspension of negotiation of collective bargaining agreements with unions, freezing of wage increments, and essentially around leave and working from home and that sort of thing. So that was a statement without any teeth. What then happened was a bill was presented, and in fact, it was gazetted, I think, just yesterday for public comment, which refers to a raft of measures in relation to COVID. And one of these measures is on the ability of an employer 
to terminate a contract. And essentially it provides that in the event there's a pandemic which adversely affects the employer to pay salaries, then that employer shall not terminate the contract or dismiss an employee and cannot force the employee to take a salary cut. But then it goes on to provide that if the employer is unable to meet those obligations, then he can send the employees on unpaid leave. So you could see there's, there's some contradiction in the, those proposals. We as a firm have actually produced, I think, a 148-page proposal of measures, not just in relation to the employment arena, but across the board in the field of corporate law, property law, data protection law, public health wow. law, all sorts of things in response to COVID and what we think our legislatures should be actually focusing on. Are you submitting that to legislature or what's the plan for that document? We've already submitted it. We've submitted it to various people. It's being well received. We've even had some very meaningful conversations with certain people who want to understand more of what, what we're proposing. And yeah, I, I, it's even been endorsed by the Commonwealth Secretariat for essentially replication in other Commonwealth countries around the world. Congratulations on that. Well, so as, as we think about employers at this time, and again, the world is, hasn't been in a place like this in, in our history, but what are some of the things that you would ask employers to bear in mind during this period? What are a couple points that they should be thinking about? Well, I think the, the one issue that we expect will flow at the end of COVID is a rush to the courts. We think that there'll be a lot of litigation challenging decisions made by employers and others in relation to how they dealt with the situation vis-a-vis their contracts of employment. And so our advice to our clients is to really tread with caution and employers should not assume that because the scale of the pandemic is, is so great that it gives them the leeway to do what they want with their staff. And so this issue of consent that I mentioned earlier and consultation, I think is really, really important. And I think that the requirement for essentially demonstrating due process having been followed under the law is also something that should not be forgotten at this stage. That's great advice, Sonal, and always it's great to hear from you. I hope you and your family are well and and safekeeping, and that I know the coming weeks in Kenya and across the continent will yield uh, more challenges, but it's uh, we're grateful for your feedback, and I know you're on the ground helping others. So best of luck with that, and be safe. Thank you so much, Pete. Uh, you stay safe as well, and best regards to all at the ENA. If you'd like to connect with Sonal Sagefall from ALN Kenya, our member in Kenya, or any of our lawyers from around the world, search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page. Click on the drop-down box. Choose the jurisdiction you're interested in where you can then email or call our lawyers directly. Also, when you're on the website, make sure you sign up to receive invitations for our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to our on-demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. 
You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.